Welcome to the Pick Up Podcast, the place where women pick each other up, dust each other off, and help each other to shine. This is a place of lifting, refreshing, and truth-telling. Our goal? To collect the broken pieces of our lives and create a beautiful mosaic that reflects light and hope to the world. So take a deep breath, sis, because you've just found two new friends for your journey. We just have one question for you. Are you ready to pick up where we last left off? Let's begin. All right. So, Dominique, we talked a little bit about the personal part of your journey. Um, I know that you and Brock really came together to form Transform Us, right? So um, there's a merger of the passions that you guys have for discipleship, mentorship, outreach. Let's talk a little bit about like the nooks and crannies of what it takes, right? So when did you guys actually start the nonprofit? So we started serving in 2013. And um, like I mentioned, we had no like ambitions of creating an actual organization until our pastor brought the idea up. And so I'm thankful because there are benefits to being a 501c3. Um, But I definitely learned (laughs) the challenges of being a grassroots organization. Um, So in 2013, we started, but in 2015 is when we were actually incorporated. And I remember we had much of nothing. I mean, at that point, we were still on the campus of Christ for the Nations, Mm -hmm. living in an apartment. I think 2015, so Sanaya was just born. We're living on one income. We didn't have much, but God provided. I remember one of our spiritual moms gave us a $500 check. I think to start, you needed 800. So we matched that with what we had. She gave me the template. And so I actually did all of the paperwork for us, which is why I'm very passionate about helping startups because I know how hard it is. People want to charge you 500 or 1500 plus the $800 fee. And it's like, where do you start? So I I definitely learned (laughs) in the trenches how to do it. Um, but yeah, it was rewarding doing everything. I mean, everything, we built everything from the ground up. Um, we're finally at a place where we have a team, but like, I'm talking everything, accounting, the graphics, like everything. I'm grateful you were, you and your husband were on our second wave of board members. Mm -hmm. And so we learned early that we can only do so much within ourselves. And so, um, having that support system was great and just expanding our reach and, enhancing, you know, bringing the spirit of excellence to the work that we do. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) So, I mean, talk a little bit about like, so I know that there's your seed money and and the paperwork, but what are some things that people need to be really aware of if they want to start a nonprofit that maybe is not obvious to the outsider? Like talk about some of like the trade secrets. Yeah. Well, one thing, one myth that I want to bust is that people feel like you can own a nonprofit. Mm. The nonprofit is not owned by you. You can be a founder. Um, That influence will always be there. Hopefully you set set and establish the culture, but it's actually publicly owned um, if you're doing it right. And so I would say just having that mindset up front is important. You need a strong board um, that's going to hold you accountable. That's also going to support you and make sure you have the resources and manpower that you need to get things done um, because you can't be sustainable and really make a huge impact trying to do everything on your own. Now, of course, it takes a while. The mm-hmm. first two to three years, you you are going to absorb a lot of the responsibility. But I think I learned quickly that we needed to build with the end in mind, knowing mm-hmm. that 
we want this thing to outlive us. We don't want this to be about us. And so we were very um, honest with our board and with our team. It's not the Brock and Dominique show. This yeah. is about transform us. We, you know, we want to be able to pass this on at some point. And so it's funny in 2020, God kind of forced me into that where I had to step away, um, serve the vision of another nonprofit. And that was one of the hardest decisions to mm. come to and the hardest processes, because again, this was our baby. And I felt like it was dropping my baby off at daycare forever. Right. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> no, it was hard, but that's important. And I think that so shows a sign of strong leadership mm -hmm. and, and infrastructure. If you can walk away and it can live. Um, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't easy, but um, knowing that this thing can thrive without me, yeah. you know, is important. And I think I learned early on about founder syndrome and I tried to do everything I could to avoid that because I didn't want to be one to take the organization down because I held on so tightly. So talk about that a little bit. Two things. Founder syndrome. Like, what is that? And for people that are out there working on a nonprofit right now, how can they recognize that in yeah. themselves? And then two, how do you build um, the right type of team around you? How do you build the right type of yeah. board? What do you look for? I think starting with the second question is recognizing what you're lacking. First of all, what season are you in? There's always right the infancy and it's not a chronological year or, mm. you know, numerical year. It's where are we growth wise um, in the process? And so knowing where you are and what you need, looking at what what skill sets are we lacking? Um, you know, with y'all, we needed a lot of support with um visual communications and digital and y'all that was your world and so y'all brought that wisdom and that savviness that we needed to learn how to communicate in a digital world mm -hmm. and even now i look at a lot of our branding y'all helped to bring that so that was important for us in the early phases now we're in a different season where we needed more programmatic leadership mm -hmm. and so we have a program director who started as a volunteer we're finally at a, a position where we could pay him you know a contract awesome. labor but um, yeah, you kind of just start with what do we need? You know, what do we have? What do we bring to the table? And whatever is lacking, we recruit for that. Really and that's going to give you a solid core team, whether it's through volunteerism or through your board. And I would say recognizing the board needs to be small enough because <laughs> you don't want so many voices that it waters down with you or it creates so much conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, but you need at least three legally, you need, you know, you need a president and a secretary. That's what I would say to people who want, um, to get started. You need, you need a board. You cannot legally operate without one, but you just for accountability and support, you cannot do it mm -hmm. without strong leadership. You know, you as a founder shift into the question about founder syndrome, you may have the vision but your vision can only go so far. Mm -hmm. You need other people breathing life into that vision, other people with creative, innovative ideas that add to that vision. Yeah. And so what founder syndrome is, is this staunch desire to cling tightly to what you want to do and what you see, which can be short-sighted, mm -hmm. especially in the nonprofit world, you have to shift. COVID was a huge wake-up call for people who are not willing to shift. Mm -hmm. They either had to shut their doors or, you know, they if they didn't come to that, they dwindled and slowly wow. died. And so if you feel like an organization cannot thrive, they can't do it without you, then you've not put the systems in place that are building toward longevity and sustainability. And just that um, 
it's really just all about you. I think it's being tied to a personality and mm. not a mission is a dangerous, dangerous thing. If you have supporters who are only giving because of who's there, then that's a problem. Yeah. That's not an organization that's truly living and breathing on its own. That's awesome. Such good advice. Such good advice, especially because a lot of people want to jump in and do mm. things, but they don't understand what all it entails. And yeah. so this kind of information is a great gut check for people to be able to understand, like, I'm going to have to think outside yeah. of myself for this one. It's not only what I see. Yeah. And I love what you have to say about it living beyond you, because this is something that you can hand down to your kids. Right. You can hand off to another organization. Right. What do you see for Transform Us in the next five or 10 years? It's interesting. I was like um, I mentioned in the at the early onset of COVID when I had to step away. You know, we asked we asked that question as a board: Do we continue or do we, like you know we're limited on resources, but we see vision, like we see beyond where we are. We see multiplication. We see opportunities to partner. So for us, it's taking the model that we've established that one people have verified and validated. It's needed. Mm -hmm. Our, you know, the young people that we serve make it clear that they need it. Um, our community partners say, wow, nobody is doing this. We need it. And so for us, that was reassurance that we have to move forward by yeah. any means. Um, you know, even if it means we just continue with what we have and it's small. Um, but we foresee multiplying. We foresee creating training programs so that we can empower churches or other groups, both locally and regionally, but eventually it could be nationwide. But we want to empower others to do what we're doing, which is just creating a safe place for young adults to find their identity and purpose and feel like they belong, because that's important for us changing the trajectory you know, of the next generation yeah. and breaking cycles, you know, we can look at systems and that's important, but it has to be a holistic approach, right. To, yeah. to bringing change. Um, and again, raising up these young people who can then go into education and influence change to so go into government and mm -hmm. influence changes. Mm -hmm. So that's our strategy. In fact, it was in 2018 when I went to India thinking I was going to do mission work and like, God's like, Nope, I need you to get outside of your normal routine to hear from me. And he gave us a totally different direction wow. for Transformers Movement. I'm so, so grateful. So that's awesome because kind of my next question was, um, it's funny, if you guys are Transformers, you seem to continually be transforming, right? <laughs> yep. Like it's grassroots and then you build up and then uh -huh. we're back at the grassroots yep. again and building up. So talk a little bit about that. Is that exciting for you as a founder or is it frustrating for you? What does that feel like to be constantly kind of reinventing evolving. Mm -hmm. and evolving. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if you've never done the thinking wavelength, I would encourage you to look mm. that up. For me, I'm very high and which means I have a high tolerance for change and adaptability and things like that. And so an innovation. So for me, it's exciting mm. to change again, because my life, I've gone through so much change and disrupt, you know, disruption in my life in a productive way that it's comfortable for me. Um, I think what I've learned about nonprofit, you have to be able to pivot because the needs of a people group, the needs of our society changes. And if you're not nimble and not able to shift, yeah. um, you become irrelevant. So we see it. That's, you know, relevancy, creativity, all of those are really part of the fabric of who we are as Transformers. So it is exciting. It definitely comes with its frustrations and right. challenges. Yeah. Um, but I see beauty in life. 
in it. The, the way we've shifted, I see the fruit and I'm seeing more and more fruit, which That's is awesome. what it's about, you know? Yeah. It's funny because um, all of this sounds to me like uh, Church of Acts, <laughs> you know, which is like where we're supposed to be anyway. Yeah. They were our original model, right? Mm -hmm. It's about the coming together and the helping and the growing and the bridge building and all of that for a common goal and purpose, yeah. which is to duplicate disciples and send them out into yeah. other places and so that can be duplicated. So um, I love that. Wow. I think that's amazing. Well, that's an honor. I think indirectly that's our heart is one, we're just trying to be obedient to the vision God gave us. Mm -hmm. And I think if God gives you vision, it's always in line, right? With yeah, his will, sure. with the great commission, with his heart. And I think that's ultimately what it's about is we want to reflect God's heart to his children to people that don't know that they're his children yet, yeah. you know? And so that's what's important. I think that's the biggest thing that people come to us for, not just the services, just to feel loved, yeah. feel heard, feel seen. And um, you can't put programming around that. You know, we try, but again, even how we adapt our programming from year to year changes. This is the first year we have all women Mm. in our in our compass group is what we call it because they're finding direction for their life. The past two years, it was predominantly men, which mm -hmm. I was taken back because most of the time men aren't as passionate about growing, yeah. you know, spiritually yeah. or otherwise. And so um, we have to be flexible. We have to shift because each person's need is so individual and each generation is different. We're in the midst of this shift from millennials to Gen Z and seeing the impact of social media and adapting. Mm -hmm. So we need to ramp up our mental health resources yeah. and partnerships. So if you're out there and you have anything to offer, definitely there's so many different ways to get involved, but we're definitely seeing more need for social and emotional development and empowerment for individuals, for families. We have young parents yeah. in our program. And so we want to give them the tools they need, not just for themselves, but for their spouses for their children um because it affects the entire family absolutely so this work that you guys are doing is all-encompassing how mm -hmm. do you as a founder and someone who has their hands and feet in it on a daily basis right how do you um keep yourself in a place where you can continue to give out to people mm. um and to give truth and wisdom and good things right we can all give whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you keep yourself in a place of being able to give out all of those good things to yeah. people on a regular basis? It's so good. I think I don't always get it right. <laughs> and I'm very forthcoming with our group about that. I even tell them I'm doing this. Don't do this. <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm aware and I'm working on it. Right, That's important. Right. It's so important. Um, but we teach them, you know, life skills is, hu is a huge component. So for me personally, you know, I mentor and I disciple, but I also have people that mentor me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's. I, you know, learning is my top strength. And so I'm always learning. I'm always reading. We go through counseling, you know, yeah. when we can afford it. You know yeah. what I mean? So right now I recognize I'm in a season of grief. I lost my mom early in the year and her birthday is coming up in a few weeks and I'm feeling the weight of that. And yeah. so I'm finding a grief group. So just being vulnerable and, and transparent is the first and best thing that I can do. Um, giving myself space creating healthy boundaries and, and modeling that to them. Um, so I create that for them when I can't take on mm -hmm. anymore. I'm honest about that and I'm able to communicate that. Yeah. And it's showing them that, hey, it's okay 
to not try to be everything to everybody all the time. Yeah. Awesome. And that can be hard being a founder when you've had to do so much, but I've slowly, slowly learned, you know, my limitations. Mm -hmm. I'm getting older. We have more kids than when we started. Yeah. And so we used to have our kids in everything. Well, they still come around, but it's not as much because we want them to make sure that we know, they know that they're first. Yeah. And so we've had to adapt um, as a family, but individually as well to guard our hearts. Brock lost his, his dad four years ago. And so even that, we just find ourselves in these seasons where we have to pull back mm -hmm. and guard our, our hearts, guard ourselves, um, guard our minds and guard our family time. Um, but yet we're still open enough, you know, to still give um to those in the program, our, our volunteers, even our donors, like they're family to us. We don't see yeah. it as these people who just offer something. We're, we're a big family. That's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing and it's refreshing. And if you are in the DFW area <laughs> and you need to get plugged into an organization that is doing amazing, authentic things, obviously you've been able to hear what Dominique and Brock and the Transformers Movement team are doing. So don't hesitate to yes. reach out and to definitely get connected. Definitely. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Pickup Podcast. Keep in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube at It's The Pickup so you never miss any new content drops. We're your hosts, Chrisette Cole and Dominique Jones, and we can't wait to pick up this conversation with you next time.